Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. This decision is the first of its kind in the country and will send shockwaves around the nation. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Holly, we have been working with counselors and their clients for many years. We filed the very first case in California challenging a law that bans counselors from providing and clients from receiving any counsel regarding overcoming or eliminating, reducing unwanted same-sex attractions, behaviors, or gender confusion. This particular decision now at the Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, which governs three states, specifically Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, and has precedential value in the rest of the nation, is a big win because it strikes down two laws that banned change counsel in the city of Boca Raton, Florida, and Palm Beach County, Florida. It also has an impact on another case that we won over in Tampa in the Hillsborough County District, where Hillsborough County had a law that banned similar counsel. We won that case. It was pending at the 11th Circuit, waiting on the final decision of this case. And this case involves uh, two of our clients, uh, Dr. Otto and Dr. Julie Hamilton, both licensed uh, marriage and family therapist in Florida. And part of what they do in their counseling, they get clients that come and families that have minor children that are struggling with unwanted same-sex attractions, behaviors, and identities. And they were banned by these laws from engaging in any such counsel. Right. You know, any other time you go to a counselor, whether it's for marriage counseling or you're dealing with an issue or eating disorder or your whatever it is, activists don't seem to give a care about that. But when it's LGBT agenda and pushing this agenda, then it gets their attention and these they're passing these laws to, to try to prevent these kids from getting help. Well, it's like going to a counselor and you ask a counselor, can you have counsel? For example, let's put this in the absurd situation, but it's just as absurd in this context. You have an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. a body image issue, and you think that you're overweight when you're really not overweight. So you purge and you try to um, have uh, less uh, body fat. And so this happens a lot with actresses or actors or dancers. It's something that's unfortunately too common, certain kind of eating disorders because of body image that is not consistent with reality. Right. So you go to a counselor and you're trying to get counsel on overcoming this body image uh, issue that you have and the eating disorder that you are having. Now the counselor says, well, there's a law that says I can only encourage you to eat more uh, or I can only encourage you to actually fast. Uh, I can only encourage you one way or another. 
I can't get the kind of counsel that you really need. Right. Or I can't even talk to you about the issue. And in fact, you know, in this particular case, this is really more akin to it. I can only counsel you to continue fasting. Right. To continue purging. Well, I don't want to continue purging. I don't want to have a negative body image. I want to be able to manage my food intake, but I don't want my negative body image to cause my body harm. And I'm causing my body harm because I'm viewing myself as overweight when you're really not overweight. So the counselor says, well, in this particular area of the country, the only thing I can tell you by law is that you just need to continue to purge and you need to continue to diet. I mean, that's just absurd. I know that. But that's not what the client naturally wants to hear. The client wants to overcome that. Wants to to be able to eat normally. Wants to be able to live a normal life. But the law says you can only give them one view. That's the same thing that happens here. A client comes in and they're engaging in unwanted same-sex behaviors. Let's let's look at behaviors. Mm -hmm. They're actually engaging in a behavior. And they don't want to engage in the behavior. And they want to overcome that. But the counselor can only encourage them to affirm that it's okay to engage in that behavior and is prohibited by law from counseling that person to overcome engaging in that behavior. But that's not what the client are paying for. They're paying for help. And as absurd as this is in the eating disorder arena, it's as absurd in the counseling for these unwanted same-sex attractions, behaviors, or gender confusion arena. In fact, if you go back, for example, to Johns Hopkins University, Johns Hopkins University was the first university, first institution in America to engage in what's called SRS, or sex reassignment surgery. What that essentially meant was individuals who had gender confusion, a man who had a body image and thinking that they were a woman, They would go to Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins would put them on opposite-sex hormones. And after they were on those opposite-sex hormones for a period of time, then they would go through the surgical intervention, which would be removal of healthy body parts, a mastectomy, hysterectomy, phalanectomy. It could could also involve vocal shavings, where you literally do surgery on your vocal cords, your larynx there, your voice box, if you will, to increase the pitch or decrease the pitch of your sound. Uh, That's all part of this. And then you obviously have to have continued treatment with hormones of the opposite sex. So Johns Hopkins was the first institution to do that called SRS, sex reassignment surgery. It's really gross when you go into some of the specific details of this because it's not just removing healthy body parts. It's actually trying to create new plumbing systems, if Mm. you will, for lack of a better (laughs) description. But What happened is Johns Hopkins realized after time that this surgery was not benefiting the mental stress that people were bringing to them. They had mental stress. They thought this could resolve the mental stress. What they realized is it actually compounded the mental stress because some of those individuals then began to regret they had done these irreversible surgical procedures. But now they're trapped. They've already removed healthy body parts. They're experiencing all kinds of adverse reactions from this. Now it's compounded something that's even worse. 
One of the psychologists that was in Johns Hopkins that ultimately changed his mind about this coined this phrase, you don't give liposuction to an anorexic. Mm -hmm. It may sound crass, but an anorexic comes in, they have a body image problem, they think they're overweight, they're really not overweight, but in order to satisfy their mind that is malfunctioning with regards to the real body, you don't say, well, you know what, let's just take off more fat by giving you liposuction. You don't give liposuction to an anorexic. That's what he was referring to. In the same way you don't give liposuction to an anorexic, you do mental behavior modification in therapy. You don't do body image surgery or intervention. Right. There's always a root cause for whatever's being manifested, and you have to get to that root cause, and that's what these counselors help them do. And these laws say you can't. The right. laws say that you can only direct them in one way. You can only direct somebody who's struggling with, say, confusion of their gender by affirming that they ought to just be comfortable with the opposite gender or no gender or multiple genders or whatever, go through the medications, go through the surgery, and you're fine. It's only a one way. But not to warn them or counsel them or help them overcome those confusions. And so these laws are in a number of states. We litigated the very first one, lost it in the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit called the Pickup versus Brown case then challenged it in New Jersey, lost at the Court of Appeals in the Third Circuit, the King case, uh, and that uh, then we asked the U.S. Supreme Court to take them. They should have. They did not. Later, there was a case out of California involving crisis pregnancy centers. We filed an amicus brief in that case because we had our own cases before the Supreme Court on that very issue. Supreme Court struck down a law that banned counseling in these crisis pregnancy centers and in doing so, they overruled Pickup and King, which are our two cases. As a result of that, we continued litigation, won this big case in Florida, going back to 2020. But then the Court of Appeals was asked to review it again, and now they finally said, no, they're going to stand by their original decision. So this is a great decision, striking down these laws under the First Amendment. But beyond the constitutional issues, where we want to eliminate all these across the country, Behind these cases are real people who are struggling Absolutely. and who need help. And these cover these are counselors in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia, right? That's for right. This case. And that's binding in those three states, but it has precedential benefit mm -hmm. and persuasion in all the rest of the states. So continue right. to pray for our cases. This is a major win at the Court of Appeals. For more information, visit our website, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.